It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 607 at News Talk WSB, 73 degrees outside. I'm Walter Reeves. I'm the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your garden or don't want to do in your garden. If you need a good excuse, I can give you a good excuse. I have passes I will give out freely if you need not to do something. If you have any question about what you should be doing or how to do it, maybe something that you might contemplate doing in the next couple of weeks, then you can give me a call at 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. So you would expect gardening to be part of my life and... Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. This week it was. This week I went into my Pike Nursery and got two very, very, very nice Echinacea plants. And if you remember a conversation that I had with Mickey Gasway a couple of weeks ago when Echinaceas were on sale at Pike Nursery for our Pike Pick of the Weekend, and we had a discussion about why we don't call them purple coneflowers anymore. And the reason is because they're not all purple anymore. All the... Uh, purple coneflower has always been an echinacea because the top part of it was spiny. Top, if you ever look at a purple coneflower, the top middle part of it is sort of spiny looking, so they name it after the hedgehog, which is an echinacea-type animal. It's a spiny, spiky animal. And so the echinacea species of plants includes purple coneflower, except now purple coneflower is many, many, many other colors. And that's what I wanted. I got an orange one. I got a yellow one. Beautiful plants. And the great thing about them is that the color changes. When they come out, they come out a very nice deep orange. And then as, uh, I guess, heat and other things in the environment affects the flower color, then it goes from an orange to a sort of a light orange peach, maybe into a yellow color. And I really like that. So I got two of those to put in. Um, let's see what else. I went back the next couple of days and needed something gray in my landscape. And so I got two Russian sage, Perovskia is the... Uh, Name some of us call it Perovskia or Russian sage, and put those in. And Artemisia, Artemisia is a little low, sort of mm, cushiony-looking plant. It's got got gray, thin, thin foliage, very soft-looking. Put your hands on it, want to stroke it. it. Looks like a little gray cat on the on the ground. So you stroke your Artemisia, and stroke. I don't think you'd stroke the Russian sage, but you put that in to give you a hint of gray in the landscape. And once again, I look at my landscape and think, Dad, why didn't I put the black-eyed Susans in, which I'm going to do, I promise, once I find them. I was looking at Pike, actually, for the black-eyed Susans, <laughs> and when I didn't find those, that's why I got the echinacea, because I still wanted that color yellow in my landscape. So if you're looking for things to do, it is almost time to plant vegetables. Yes, it is almost time to plant vegetables. If I saw them at a nursery now, I would probably go ahead and buy them. Here it is, middle to middle late August, and I think September is the time when you really can plant the cool season crops. Plant broccoli and uh, lettuce and spinach and uh, two or three other of the cool season crops, and they do very nicely because they have 
warm weather right now, which is great for the root system. The soil is nice and warm, and so all these plants, you put them in the ground, and they're really raring to go. And then over the next uh, month, month and a half, then the temperatures cool off. And you heard just a minute ago, temperatures are going to cool off over the next couple of weeks. And so these cool season crops, again, the broccoli and maybe Brussels sprouts, cabbage certainly, collards, yes, you bet, lettuce, spinach, and things like that, they really get the environment that they really, really, really like. And so if you want to be successful with cool season crops, the fall crop is probably the easiest one to have real good harvest and real good success. And many of them are tolerant of frost, so you can have these plants in the garden on through mid-November. Really a long time. You could frost a couple of times, and it just makes the collars sweeter, they say. It makes the collars taste a little bit better. So if you have any inclination to start a fall garden, now's the time to start looking for the transplants to uh, to put in your garden and have some have some vegetables. You bet. 404-872-0750 is the number on lawn and garden. Coming up in the next half hour, Mary in Toco Hill wants to plant some naked ladies. She wants to plant some naked ladies. Hmm, we'll talk about that in a minute with Mary. Rose and Conyers has leaves on green shrubs that are turning brown. Wants to know why that is happening. Watson, my friend Watson in Union City, wants to know whatever happened to the August lilies. And we'll find out what happened to the August lilies. And I see that first in line this morning, as she is most Saturday mornings, my friend from Griffin, Nicole. Hey, Nicole, good morning. Miss Eve. Miss Nicole, good morning. Um... It's the time to put all those seeds in the ground. If you want to plant seeds in the ground for the cool season crops, you could now. But, you know, I'd rather get the the plants already started. Many times I think I get better success with the plants already started. Um, No matter what you do, you have to till it again. Soil compaction in the south Georgia is such a problem. Because when we had 13 inch of rain per week... It did a lot of damage to my landscape. Because it makes the soil more compact, because the little bitty clay particles, they pack down together with each other, and once they compact, there's nothing that'll pull them apart other than you tilling and digging and adding some organic matter and making things uh, looser. It's like brick. (laughs) I was just so disappointed, but I didn't think, you know, it it did so much damage. But then again, if your bed is older than two years, you got to dig it up again. But I will tell you, Nicole, one of my one of my secrets now that I'm using more often and try to have some at hand any time I plant is the expanded slate rock, that sort of pumice-looking rock, I guess. Espoma sells it. It's called Soil Perfector, and there's another brand name called Permatil. And when I dig anything, including my Artemisia and my Echinacea this week, when I dig, dug them into the bed, I added just a handful or two of this permatil, which keeps the soil looser, it seems to me. It's a rock, and so it doesn't compact, and it keeps the soil looser for, um, you know, years. And the rock doesn't go away. So I use permatil or soil perfector, either one. I'm going to follow your idea because it's just incredible all the clay can do damage big time. Go to some of the little small independent nurseries down there in South uh, Metro Atlanta. Uh, Andy's Nursery or maybe the Buy the Yard place up in Fayetteville and wherever else you go and get your plants from the small independent nurseries. And they're the ones usually that carry either of these Permatil or Soil Perfector products. So you can imagine what kind of damage that's going to do in uh, Louisiana, isn't it? Oh, man, those poor people in Louisiana. Oh, man, I was talking last night. 
to some folks at supper talking about how there just doesn't seem to be enough publicity about that terrible tragedy of all these people being flooded. And we compared it to Sandy, Hurricane Sandy, and you had the you know, the pictures on TV of the waves crashing in and houses collapsing and falling to the sea and uh, flooding in, in metropolitan areas and office buildings and things. Whereas in Louisiana, it's just this very slow rising of muddy water. Tens of thousands of homes affected. you got the Olympics going on right now to compete with it. It just seems to me that we're not paying enough attention to the tragedy of our neighbors in Louisiana. Oh, those uh, those stars, they need to do like, you remember 9-11, yeah. how much pouring? I mean, it was just uh, show after show on TV and Red Cross and things like that. That's the people, because those people are poor, they're not like up north. Yeah, I saw Taylor Swift gave a million dollars, which I was very proud of her for doing. She said she had such a good time at her uh, opening of her concerts uh, series down there that she gave a million dollars for flood relief in Louisiana, and her she's... She used to be uh, congratulated for being able to do that. I hope all of us will think about giving money to the folks in Louisiana. They certainly need it. Big time, Mr. Reed. People, that's why we, when I was a kid, our house was built up, up, up. And you see the old house even in Georgia. All the old farm, they built on the top of the hill. Yeah, sure. You don't want to be flooded. You don't want to be down there where the mosquitoes are. <laughs> you want to be up high where the floods won't come. Incredible. Absolutely. But you're right. Going back to your original point about the soil in Louisiana with the flooding, um, the gumbo and sort of hard organic soils they have down there will be the same. You're exactly right. Gardeners in Louisiana in those flooded areas for the next couple of three years will have a hard time growing anything because the soils will be compacted as a result of all the saturation that happened from the flood. Mm. Mm. So How many inches they had in one week? Sure, who knows? It was uh, like 24 inches something. in seven days or something uh. like that. Two feet is an unbelievable amount of water going down the river and flooding and nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do. You can simply see the water coming and think, there's the house we've lived in. One family said they had, what, a dozen houses belonging to various family members that were flooded and lost and completely destroyed. And it's hot like hell. Yeah, yeah. So let's remember our neighbors. Remember the people who are going through worse times than we are here and do what we can to help them get through their situation. Nicole, I got to go. As always, the clock on the wall is inexorable, and we have to get out of here. Enjoy your day. I'll see you soon, my friend. I, saw, I talked to somebody last night who said, Nicole is one of my favorite parts of the whole radio show. And I was glad to say, Nicole, I will be here this Saturday morning. At 617, you're listening to Lawn and Garden. Get breaking news, weather, and traffic updates all weekend on WSB and the WSB radio app. And Monday on Atlanta's Morning News, along with triple team traffic coverage every six minutes, how the new I-85 tolls will work and what that'll cost you. There's a yellow rose in Texas I'm going home to see Though other men have held her Belongs to me. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. You know, at last, something we can look forward to. Ooh, something we want to hear, and that is the high temperature that starts with the number eight. <laughs> That's great. Today's, today's high temperature only reaching the upper 80s, 60% chance of showers, of course, storms throughout the day. Overnight showers remain in the metro with lows dropping into the low 70s. Yes, I think I could begin to like this. Stay tuned, Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast. Comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Sister Rose in Conyers, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Rose, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a problem with the shrubs at the, at the end of my driveway. Yeah. Uh, they One of them started turning brown, and it just kept going and going, and there's only one little piece of it left. What kind of shrubs are they? 
Uh, they're just these green shrubs that the oh, building. Rose, you got to tell me what it is before I can tell you what's going on. Well, th th this one shrub is uh, is just about dead. There's only one little branch that's left, mm. and the others are starting to yellow in different spots. Yeah. I was thinking it was a lack of water, but the man that does my um, my lawn said he thought it was a disease. Well, you can't know. I can't know until I know what the shrub is. Because different shrubs d d react in different ways to the environment, to the soil conditions. Some are more disease or drought tolerant than others, and some are more disease prone than others. And so if you said boxwood, there are several diseases that affect boxwood that I might run down the row with you on that. And if you said uh, they're Indian hawthorn, then we'd run down a different row because they don't get the same diseases. And if it were a different shrub completely from them, then I might say, well, that shrub just doesn't get any diseases. It's got to be a watering problem. It's got to be something in the soil. So until I know exactly what you have, Rose, it's difficult for me to make any kind of guesses as to what's going on. They're, they're very old shrubs. They're 25, 30 years old. That's and they have been doing well until this year. We can theorize root problems. We can theorize changing water or something like that. But beyond that, I can't give you any kind of diagnosis. How would I find out what they are? That's the right question. For the way to find out is to take your camera phone or any other phone that you can take a digital picture and take some pictures of them you know, a couple of feet away so I can see sort of the form of the shrub. That gives me one clue as to what it is. And then get a little bit closer with maybe your hand behind some leaves so that I can get a real good in-focus picture of the leaves themselves. That helps me to identify the shrub. So two or three pictures. Go to my website. There's a part on my website that says Name That Plant. And you put your name in the in the registration form, so I know that you're not a, a weird person. And you upload pictures of your plant, and within a day or so, somebody sends back and says, "Guess what, Rose? You have a," and you now you have what you have. And you call me the next Saturday and say, "Walter, I have a blah blah blah," and it has these symptoms, and we figure out together what's going on. Okay, so I should. Uh Take a picture of both sides of the leaves? Maybe take a picture of the damaged parts, the dead parts of the leaf. I'd want to see that. I'd love to see healthy leaves, too. And then a picture of the whole form of the shrub as it's standing there with its with its uh, compatriots there in the line by the, by the driveway. So okay. as many pictures as you think would help me to diagnose what's going on. Sure. Okay. And I need to uh, uh, just take the pictures and put it on your webpage. Put it on my webpage. If you go to WalterReeves.com, there's a little button on the side that says Name That Plant. When you click on that button, it gives you places to upload pictures, and you upload the pictures, and then within a few days, you know what you have. And then we'll talk next Saturday. What better than that, Rose? We'll talk next Saturday morning about your plants and find out what's going on with them. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden questions and answers while you wait after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 635 and 73 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your garden. If you have a question, 
888-900-0750. Mary is over in Toco Hill and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hi, Mary. Good morning. Thank you. I just returned from Oklahoma. Yeah. Where uh, my mother, my late mother's house, uh, had some naked ladies. Yes. And they were literally, I dug them up with my fingers. They, because a bush had been pulled out where mm-hmm. they were. I have, I need to know where, how, and when to plant them. I um, have looked briefly, haven't had much time since I returned, but I would very much like to obviously preserve them. Well, so, Mary, you know, of course, there are dozens and dozens of listeners right now who are saying, what? Naked ladies? What? <laughs> <laughs> you better describe them for our listeners and tell them tell what we're talking about. Oh, they're, li- they're lilies, as I understand it, that will suddenly, they put out greenery, and then they die back, or seem to die back down, and then suddenly a stem shoots up with no le- no leaves on it, and you have this nice pinkish bloom at the top of it. Yeah, well described. That's exactly right. And they bloom, the blooms, the stalks come up right now. And others in the listener group right now remember that this is the time of year when the spider lilies come up too, the red spider spider lilies or hurricane lilies, some people call them. And they're all in the same family, Lycoris. And your naked ladies are Lycoris gramageria. And the uh, hurricane lily is Lycoris the other name. And anyway, they all come up, as you correctly described. The leaves are there starting around October through about May. And then the leaves die away completely. And then all of a sudden, boom, here in August, up come the naked ladies, up come the hurricane lilies. And surprising you, surprise lily. That's another name for both of them sometimes. So the answer to your question is, when can you plant them? Now is the right answer. Now, today, this afternoon, before the rain comes. Yes. Okay. And uh, plant them just an inch or so deep. It really doesn't make a lot of sense to plant deeper than that. And they can stand a great deal of sunshine. I've seen them in almost full sun. My so, problem is I have a very shady lot. Uh, give them the most sun you can. That's the best you can do, Mary. Okay. Um, even consider putting them in a, in a big pot. And you can take the pot onto the driveway or the deck or someplace and uh, watch the leaves and then the blooms and then put the pot back in the shade when the leaves are no longer there. It's possible to do that. Okay. I may try some in pots and some in not. Try it and do it. But it's a great pass-along plant, something you always have a story when you call them a naked lady. <laughs> you okay. want to know what that is. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for Thank calling, you. Mary. We'll see you soon. Watson, Watson, buddy, my friend down in Union City. Hey, yes, Watson. Thanks for taking my call, Walter. Yes, sir. What's going on, Watson? Uh, well, I, I got a question. Down in Henry County, a little community called Mount Bessel Community, they used to have what old folks called August Lily. They would get about three and four feet tall, and they only had two different colors uh, blooms in them, and they were beautiful things. Their, their blooms would be yellow and red. Um, <clears throat> and we called them August Lily. What happened to the August Lily? Mm, Watson, Watson, you're, yes, old, you're older than I am, and so you remember something I do not remember. What would be in Henry County that we would call an August Lily? Blooms red August and Lily. yellow. Yes, sir. Not a clue, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll throw this out to our 
listeners right now, if someone knows what an yes, August sir. lily is and wants to look it up or remembers specifically from your childhood what an August lily is, then give us a call, right. and maybe in the next half hour somebody will know, Watson. I'll keep listening. We'll find out. All right. With a mystery, yes, we'll hopefully Thank be you. solved. Thanks. Thanks for calling, Watson. We've got uh, Art in line. Art's over in College Park. Hey, Art, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Yes, uh, Walter, good morning. Oh, yeah. I have a uh, old camellia bush, and uh, it's probably 12, 13 feet high. And uh, I don't know what time of year the it blooms, but hmm. uh, my question is, when should I? Uh, it's kind of overgrown. Yeah. When should I uh, trim it back? Well, you know, even if you don't know now what time of year it blooms, it would be the wrong time of year with either kind of camellia. So I, I'm going to be pretty uh, pretty obtuse here, but basically you prune camellias after they bloom. Yours have not bloomed, and it's almost time to, for the Sasanqua camellias to even think about getting started blooming. So they'll bloom the early ones in October, and then November, December for the Sasanquas, and you can prune them in January. And then the japonicas, which bloom usually December, January, February, March, you can prune them right after they finish blooming in March. So in either case, in either case, Art, we still wait till they bloom and do your pruning work a week or two or three after the finishing of bloom. But if you prune now, you're going to remove all the bloom buds for either one of them. So don't do it now if you want flowers this coming season. Okay, it has a white bloom, but uh, regardless, wait until it blooms. Regardless, and, and, yeah. Okay, that's the summer. It. Wait till after it blooms. So if you bro- if you prune now, the blooms will be gone because they've already formed at the tips of the branches. If you look at the tips of your camellia, there'll be little green pointed things about a, mm, half the size of your little finger, and those are the buds that'll make the blooms for the uh, for the fall and winter season. Okay, um, real quick follow up, can I? I have um, I have a Nellie Stevens uh, holly that's old uh-huh. too. In uh, when should I uh, trim trim it back? You know, I, I hate to say to prune now. You're not going to kill it. All right, we'll not kill Nellie Stevens holly if you have to prune it now. But hot weather and temperatures above 70, 75 degrees to a plant that's hot weather. And pruning in hot weather is not very stimulative to the plant to recover. And you really would like not to look at ugly bare branches and stubs and things that you've pruned off for the next three months or five months, really. So if you prune right now, that's what you'll look at. You'll see stubs and stems and things until next March, usually, when it starts recovering. You may see a little bit of recovery from now through October, but not a whole lot. If you waited, though, until March to do most of the severe pruning, you would have a lot of recovery. Within a couple of weeks, it would start booming out. All the buds would start popping out and covering over the stubs. So if you had to prune some on the Nellie Stevens, I could see doing it now. But I would not do a severe pruning just because I hate looking at ugly shrubs for a long time. Okay. So some now, the limb here, the limb there, so it doesn't expose too many stubs. And then we'll do the major pruning in March. In March. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet. All right. Thanks for calling. All right. <laughs> 42 minutes past the hour, which gives Nancy in Jasper. Nancy, you're on News Talk WSB. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Um, Walter, a couple of months ago, I called you and asked you about um, rooting uh, hydrangeas. Yeah. 
and I took your advice, and I did about 25 of them, and just about all of them are doing great. Wow, you're awesome, Nancy. I know. I was so excited, but I don't know what to do with them now. <laughs> it's like having a puppy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I put them in little cups is what I put them in. Yeah. And so um, I don't know when to put them in the ground. I don't know where just to leave them there or... I don't, I don't want to lose them. I think this is a perfect example of something I would put into a, what I call, holding bed, which uh-huh. is I have two or three little beds that are oh, three feet wide and three feet long, pretty much, and I have put the best soil in the whole wide world in these holding beds, and they're only uh-huh. half sun, half shade during the day. They get shade in the afternoon, sun in the morning, and just about any plant that I'm a little I think it might be touchy about putting it into its final resting place in my landscape. I'll put it in a holding bed until it gets mature enough, big enough, for uh-huh. me to move away. And so I think you should make a holding bed and put all these little hydrangeas in there. You can put them a foot apart. That's fine. Okay. Just space them in there. And hold them until next spring and then sometime in late March, I guess, when it's warming up a little bit. They'll be ready to pop. The buds will be swelling up on them. You dig them up and move them around. You'll have all the hydrangeas in the world around your landscape. Give a couple away to your friends, and you'll feel really good about this. I am so excited about it. Now, do I need to um, cover them or anything? If it because I live in the mountains and we have a, a lot of frost and snow. I don't know. If, if, Kurt is, if Kirk Mellis says it's going to get down to zero degrees tonight, that yeah. <laughs> seems to be the time to cover them. If it's only it's going to get down to 25 degrees tonight, then you don't worry, need to worry at all. So I think okay. it's severe cold cover and moderate cold. Don't worry too much about it. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. Thanks for calling. Nancy, you did a great job. Congratulations again Thank on getting them all you. rooted. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Uh-huh, bye-bye. If you're worried about propagating things, want some directions on how to propagate things, you have all sorts of options for propagating shrubs. Now, probably not the best time to do it, but earlier in the in the summer, sometime in June, is a wonderful time to propagate shrubs like hydrangeas, like Nancy did. And you can do it by taking small cuttings and putting them into rooting medium and uh, in cups like she did. Or you can do it in half uh, two-liter bottles, which is what I do a lot of times, take a two-liter Coke bottle and cut it in half and put the bottom, fill it full of potting soil and stick two or three cuttings in there and then put the top back on it and put it in a shady place. They root just fine there. I know some people who told me that they have rooted hydrangeas very successfully by waiting until November when the leaves have fallen off of it and taking 12-inch cuttings and a bag of potting soil that they poke a bunch of holes in with a nail and they simply take these cuttings and they stick the cuttings halfway into the bag of potting soil. And they so they put that behind the shed where the rain can get to it. It moistens the potting soil. The cuttings stay in the potting soil all winter long. And so you open up the bag in the springtime. It's full of roots that all these hydrangea cuttings have just rooted all by themselves during the, during the cold season. So you could try that if you want to, to root hydrangeas. There are lots of different tricks and trials and techniques of rooting hydrangeas. And many of them work because it's such an easy shrub to do. So uh, if you want to propagate things by other means, if you go to my website at walterreeves.com and just type the word propagate propagate. There are other things. There's air layering. There's soil layering. There's using a rooting hormone or not using rooting hormone. There's making beds that you cover over and make a nice little greenhouse in there. There's many, many different ways to propagate shrubs. And uh, if you want to try them all, then you can try them all. There are lots of good ways of doing things to get good 
uh, get a lot more of the shrub that you really like. At 647, you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Remember a couple of weeks ago when we came back from our trip to the Pacific Northwest and I said the folks up there were fanning themselves because it was 80 degrees and they were in a heat wave. My friends, it's going to get below 90 degrees here in Atlanta. That's great. The weather forecast pretty much brought to you by Ackerman Security. Below 90 degrees for the first time in weeks and weeks and weeks. Showers throughout the day, and that's the reason the temperatures will be lower. But nighttime temperatures as well going down into the low 70s, if not the high 60s over the next few Showers remaining tomorrow, so we got a good chance of having some rain, which we desperately need right now. Your full weekend forecast comes in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSV. Tom is in Barnesville, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tom, good morning. Good morning. How can I help, Tom? I've got a row of Leland Cypress trees that I planted. Um, there's about a dozen of them yeah. in line. Uh, if I remember correctly, I planted them about eight foot apart. Okay. Pretty much eight foot on center. They're on top of a little hill. That it goes up to them, and then there's also like a crown in the, the row. Right in the middle of my row, I have two that they just keep dying. I've done a soil analysis. This has been going on for several years. I, I planted wow. the first ones eight years ago, I believe. So they're fairly mature by now, the ones that have all survived. <laughs> the ones that are, yeah, the survived. The... But right in the middle of the row, there's two that I've replaced at least three times each. Now, the last time, instead of a Leland, I put in a, uh, what do they call it, a green giant? Arborvitae, sure. Yes, sir. That would be my, my choice, too. Well, now it has also expired. Let me explore a little bit. I only have a couple of minutes, but let me explore just a little bit. What time of year were you planting them? Early spring. And what how, what size, how big were they when you put them in the ground? Um, well, the the first ones were all in three-gallon pots. Okay. And they, you know, uh, now the last Leland that, that's where it's been a problem spot uh, was... Uh, it was probably five to six foot. I tried a little bit mature yeah. tree, and this this green giant that has now expired. It was a fairly mature tree. I'm saying it was uh, six to eight foot when I put it in the ground. I'll tell you my prediction. My 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 assessment, Tom, is water is the problem. That planting things of that size in the spring, even early spring, even February, maybe in spring. It's hard to keep them watered enough during the following summer to keep them alive. And it's far enough away from the house, it sounds like, that it would be pretty difficult to get water up to them. And you can't skip. And I've got a, my dogwood that I'm trying to keep alive that I planted this spring where I had had two other dogwoods die in the same spot from lack of water. It was pretty obvious when they died what had happened because I just cut off watering when I shouldn't have. And my bet is that's what's going on there. It's no soil disease. It's nothing other than they're a little bit too big, planted a little bit too late in the year, and they're simply not getting enough water to get established. That's okay. my diagnosis. Now, 
just a little more information, I guess. That the one this this green giant that has died. Yeah. I'm fairly certain this is the third year. I would have thought it'd be fairly well. Yeah, I now. would too. I would too. I would too. Without seeing the situation, I can't go any further than what I'm saying here, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing, Tom, that water still is going to be a problem there. The big ones, it takes a while to get a root system established. It takes a while for the roots to spread out enough that they can absorb all the moisture they need. And with, you know, this year, 90 degrees for how many days in a row do we have 90 degrees and hot, hot temperatures, dry temperatures. It's still possible, I think, that water is the ultimate cause of the whole bad situation there. So examine that, and if you're going to plant another one, plant it now. Plant it soon. It's 6.58 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden. After news.